The best blanket ever is also the best gift for Valentine's Day. Get 30% off right now on any regularly priced blankets with code word WELCOME30 at MinkyCouture.com. Take care of that Valentine's gift today by visiting a location near you in Ogden, Layton, Draper, Orem, Sugar House, or St. George. That's Minky Couture and Valentine's Day. Check them out at MinkyCouture.com. Steve Young scheduled to join us uh, momentarily. He'll be calling in, so we'll pop him on the air when he gets here. The former Niner quarterback, the former BYU quarterback. You see him now as an ESPN NFL analyst, and he's gotten into the world of high finance. Crushing it with the venture capitalists in the Bay Area. But still very much keeping his, uh, keeping his hand in the NFL with ESPN. And whenever you hear him talk about BYU, you can still hear the passion in his voice. You walk the halls. You know, that's funny. That's, that's going to become a generational thing, too, that defines you as old PK. Because <laughs> they're going to be this, the, the number of online classes is just going up and up and up. When will walking the halls no longer be a thing? I don't. Th- I don't think it'll ever be obsolete. But I get your point. It has been for a number of years, and obviously the virus put it in high gear. But I still think we're going to have campuses, and they're going to be part of campus life. Because it would be a shame for the young people, not so much for graduate stuff, but for those of the traditional eighteen to twenty-two range. You know, they belong with the social interaction. So certainly I don't think it needs to go away entirely because hanging out in the student union or on the quad and all that stuff, that's an important part of it. The USIN. There it is. Everything was abbreviated. Couldn't say university center. That just took too long. I'm going Whatever to the USIN to get something to eat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, every campus has got the, got the same situation. You know, it would be like for high school. You know, you don't want to do that either. I mean, I was talking to my sister yesterday who spent a long career in education, and she has her doctorate and all that stuff, and she's talking about how she feels sorry for the, the young folks who don't have the social interaction now in many places because of the circumstance. And that and they need that. That's very, very important. All right, we're going to talk football here with uh, Steve Young momentarily. The Super Bowl set for 4.30 Sunday afternoon, although the pregame will go on all day long. Usually networks sign on. I don't know when they are, but it's usually around like 10 in the morning. They've actually got Saturday night primetime stuff with uh, uh, two-hour shows there. The best Super Bowl commercials is one of them. So all Super Bowl all weekend long when you're not watching basketball, and uh, we'll be a little slow on that here because BYU's not playing this weekend. The Ute game got canceled, so... Jazz will be right, playing Sunday morning. You won't we've have got jazzy, jazz basketball to occupy my time. And, yep, Sunday morning. And, You'll have uh, the Aggies Saturday night in Fresno. So, All right, time to welcome in Steve Young, ESPN NFL analyst, the former BYU and 49er quarterback. Steve, good morning. Welcome back to morning, the show. Morning, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Really good. we got a long, long list of questions for you. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got a lot of answers. Nice, I like it. Uh, I want to. I want to talk to you Super Bowl, but I know with ESPN you'll be talking some Super Bowl, and this is a chance to hear your take on some BYU stuff. And I'm curious uh, when you look at Zach Wilson, what does he got the NFL loves? What does he have to do better to be successful when he gets out on the field in the NFL? Well, what he showed was, you know, if, if Patrick Mahomes is the king of 2021, and or really the 2020s, right? If you think about the NFL that has become more college-like than ever. It's wide open. Um, it's a lot less sophisticated because there's of the rules, because the players and coaches don't get together as much. It's much more like college. It's spring ball and a summer camp and, and play ball. And uh, so for Zach, 
um, you know, he's going to be running the offenses that he played in college, and that's what's you know that's why Kyler Murray's got some success. Uh, even Lamar Jackson with the sophisticated running game, you know, the the NFL is just completely is just different, and uh, and so for Zach. Um, this, the, the challenge is just to get on a good team. It could be good coaching and, and help them out because every quarterback needs help. And you can't go somewhere where you're not going to get the help. And uh, that's always the struggle of trying to uh, being drafted high. It's, can you get to a team that's decent, that uh, can show your talents? Because one thing about Zach that uh, everybody loves, and I think that's why he's, the, you know, people get more and more excited is you could see that the more they asked of him, the better he got. And that's the quality that, and, and, the, and the physical qualities that were much, much like Patrick Mahomes, with the arm strength, throw it anywhere, run around, and the presence. There's a sense that Zach, you know, um, Patrick is a guy that came into the league and maybe because of his dad playing pro ball, uh, baseball, it just didn't feel like he had a much of a transition to you know the, the anxiety that's usually there and the hurdles you have to go over. It's like he just was at peace. And he played completely. You know that's when you can get the full measure of who you are when you're at peace. And it usually takes a few years to get there. And Patrick was there right away. And Zach has that quality. It feels like it's from college, and the, the, and the physical talents um, put together is why people have gotten really excited. And in fact, you know, uh, some scouts, uh, you know, there's just no limit in their minds what he can do. Now, the challenge is, uh, what he, you know, if you said to me, what do you got to watch out for? Well, people have kind of clung on to this idea that, you know, all quarterbacks get to be captains. All quarterbacks kind of run the team. And Zach wasn't a captain. And so I tell people, well, you got to understand, BYU you got a lot of very mature return missionaries that are, you know, you know, great leaders, and, and you know, it's not like you know, it's not it's it's not necessarily a, a, a knock on Zach, um, and Zach is young and young looking, and so people sometimes feel like, well, how how much grit does he really have? And, uh, stuff that you just there's no reason to think it, but it's just they got to find something to talk about. So for me, Zach has very little downside right now. And tremendous upside. On the other end of it, Steve, uh, with Zach being a projected high draft pick, an undrafted free agent who has a world of athletic ability, just like yourself, that you had, is Taysom Hill. And we're assuming that Drew Brees is going to be done, maybe not. But nevertheless, there's going to be a time that they're going to need a new quarterback in New Orleans. How do you view and analyze Taysom Hill as a potential starting quarterback in the NFL? Uh, I... <laughs> Taysom is such a unique player, but the game has come to Taysom, just as it's come to Kyler Murray and come to Lamar Jackson. And, like, the NFL has, like I said, has changed so much, but the game has, has really made a space for Taysom Hill at quarterback. Now, the key is, as, as Taysom plays more, the thing he did this year was he started, played some quarterback, threw the ball well, and won some games. And that's that's what you got to do. So there's no reason why the Saints can't turn to Taysom and say, look, let's let's give you a crack at it. And it's 
going to be tough to replace Drew Brees because everybody will remember everything great that Drew, uh, Drew did, and they'll never remember what he didn't do. They'll think that he never threw an incompletion, he never threw an interception, he never lost a game. And so that's always, that's always tough. I went through it. And, uh, and so, so that's an extra challenge. But Taysom, to me, is ready for it. And uh, with a great coach, again, quarterbacks need help. And New Orleans certainly is a place where you're going to get that help. Steve Young joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're seeing a lot of drama all of a sudden uh, with quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, you were in San Francisco, obviously, as Joe Montana was getting late in his career, so you just referenced some of the drama there. How much of that do you see in Green Bay with what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, and how do you think that will play out? How should it play out? There's a lot of Aggie fans listening who are big uh, you know, big yeah. fans of the backup. Right. So uh, right now, no. There's no drama. It's just the drama of Aaron voicing his frustration, being gutted by a loss that he really wanted and needed. Aaron's at a point now in his career where it's really Super Bowls and, you know, that's really it, which I understand, and that's good. That's good for the Packers, right? That's what you really want, and that's what really makes a difference. Uh, and so when he didn't get there, when they were at home, uh, you know, he voiced frustrations, and I'm sure there's some Look, I've said it for years. I felt like the Packers haven't supported Aaron uh, with the help that he needs. Feels like if Aaron gets a little defense and a couple of guys, he can go anytime. And he just couldn't find it, couldn't get the protection, and just kind of. And and I think Aaron has those. You know, he hears that and understands that, and the, frust- and the frustrations will come out. Not that things aren't you know perfect. There's no nowhere that's perfect. And that's what Aaron also realizes, too. You know, a few days later, he calms down. Uh, he goes on, uh, what's his name, show, um, well, the old punter and, you know, his buddy. And he says, look, no, you're right. I'm fine. And I'm, I'm here. And like, There's no way that there's any problem with Aaron Rodgers playing in Green Bay and playing, unfortunately for Jordan, for a long time. The NFL is now safer quarterbacks friendly it's an unfair fight between offense and defense so for experienced athletic great quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers you can play forever and it's you know Tom Brady's proving that and uh and so Aaron can play till he's 43 he can and there's and so that's why for Jordan I mean it's just you just don't know when you know the Packers can choose at any point I guess to force the issue but I don't see that Aaron Rodgers is, you know, the best or the second best or the third best or the not much worse than that player in the league. There's no, you know, if you're Jordan Love, you're you're just playing catch right now. There's nothing you can do about it, and it's not a really good spot. And the league is not built for you to be taking over for a quarterback that's getting old because getting old doesn't matter anymore. So that's a bummer. Yeah, you talk about how a quarterback needs help, and certainly you and Joe had it in San Francisco. You had it on the field. You had it in the front office. You had it on the sidelines. And we go, we like to debate stuff in this season going into it, Brady or Belichick. And somehow we're going to draw a conclusion now that Brady's still playing in the Super Bowl and the Patriots didn't make the playoff. I don't really get into that stuff. I look at it that you have to have everything in concert as far as 
the management, the coaching, and the players, and I think we're having that in KC. What is your take on this Brady-Belichick thing, and how important is it for everybody to be together? Uh, look, I mean, that's the bar fight stuff. It's not stuff that I'm not really interested in, but I will comment to say that every, everybody needs each other. Yeah, That's football. That's the fact. Tom cannot do it alone. Bill cannot do it alone. And uh, and I think what the Patriots realize more than anything is you really can't do it without a quarterback. You just, it's just not going to happen. And you can be the best coach, you can be the best owner, and you don't have a quarterback and you're finished. Um, I think quarterbacks have shown that they can do it with a good coach and maybe not the best owner. Like, or, you know, a, a good coach and a phenomenal quarterback. So quarterback to me is the guy in the field has to be there. I mean, of, of, the, of those combinations that, that of support, and I'm not just because I'm a quarterback. I just think that's the truth. Um, and and uh, and so that's that's a fact too. But it's not like I care whether well it was it more Bill, was it more Tom, was it more Robert Kraft, or what? Like, look, it takes everybody. Move on. Like, I, and there's nothing more to really talk about. So Deshaun Watson, quarterbacks who've been as successful as he uh, as he is at the age he is at, uh, they don't usually move. He seems dead set on it. They understandably don't want any part of giving him up, at least publicly. Is he sensing a problem in the front office and thinking this place is just critically, just completely flawed, and I got to get out because I got no chance here? What where do you think his beef really is, and how far is he going to push the envelope to make something happen? I don't know, there's something wrong down there. There's something, I mean, there's something amiss. And that's from an owner's perspective. Uh, I mean, thinking about ownership, because the coach is gone now. There's something wrong with the coach. I mean, something was not, it was, it was a miss. And I think when he saw DeAndre Hopkins leave and, you know, leaders leaving, and I know there's just, there's, there's elements of discord the quarterback smell, and then if you're smart, you say, look, what can I do about it, and what should I – and I think that Sean is, is – a. if there's five guys in the 2020s, at quarterback, they're going to make a difference. He's one of them. So if the Texans are that dysfunctional and they can't literally hold on to their quarterback, because the only way you lose a quarterback is if the quarterback's willing to either become toxic. Like Aaron Rodgers, if he wanted to – poison the well and just tell you everyone I'm out of here and I hate this place and I hate the fans and I hate the Packers you can force your way out but it's such at such great cost that you know it just doesn't happen and nor is the quarterback really willing to do that Deshaun hasn't had to do that he has the upper hand he has the fans in his corner that's how poorly the Texans have handled this and it looks like he's going to be able to pull it off because he doesn't want to be there, and he has a, you know, he'd like to try somewhere else. And obviously, the grass is always greener. We get that, but the fact that the Texans have fouled this up so much that the quarterback doesn't have to poison the well and become toxic to get out of town tells you about the Texans. So, and I don't know that this new coach has done much to really convince Deshaun that it's all going to get better. So I, I you know, it feels like that. Sean Watts is going to be able to do something that not many people have been able to do. And that's get out of town without everybody getting upset. 
You've mentioned Kyler Murray a couple times already, and I would put him and maybe Lamar Jackson into the same category as term these incredible athletes who like to run, and you were known as that yourself. How do you hone and mold those guys into being passers along with their incredible athletic ability? The key, even if the, the game has changed, quarterback is wide open. There are too many first downs. There's too many touchdowns available to the quarterbacks who can run. It used to be the opposite, and now the prototype into the future is going to be, in fact, you have to. The idea that you're going to draft a Tom Brady or Peyton Manning and that you're going to have them stand in one place, a Ben Roethlisberger, and play. And when I say stand in one place, the guys are very not mobile. You're going to play in the 2020s with, with a quarterback that can't move into the future. Young quarterback's not going to happen. So the fact is, is that everybody's looking for a quarterback that can still throw you. That's still the game. You got to be able to throw a sophisticated passing game at at the, at the NFL defenses, which is the problem with the Ravens. The Ravens, in my mind, are damning uh, Lamar Jackson from his development because they're so all in with Lamar Jackson as a college player and a sophisticated running game. But yes, they can go and, and beat the rank and file in the NFL. But when they get against the best, you know, sophisticated running games are able to, you know, be taken down, where sophisticated passing games cannot, or at least it's much more difficult. And so Lamar, to me, that they have to change things in Baltimore to make a more sophisticated passing game and let Lamar grow into it. I just don't feel like the, the opportunities there. People say, well, Lamar Jackson's not a sophisticated passer. Well, what's the chicken or the egg? I mean, you gotta you got to be a sophisticated passing game to find out if you're a sophisticated passer. And uh, I appreciate what the Ravens have done, in going all in with the college form of Lamar Jackson, but they've got to, they've got to, you can see it. I mean, I've been saying it for a couple of years and I, I think I've been proven right. Not that I know it any more than anybody else, but you've got to, they've got to change and they've got to, they've got to, and give Lamar a chance to grow into that. As far as Kyler Murray, that offense is perfect for the 2020s. And Kyler Murray, you know, there's no question that the size, he's proven that that doesn't matter. And that he can, you know, continue to develop as a passer. That's the key for him. He's shown the ability to be more of a sophisticated passer, and that just needs to keep growing. And as long as he doesn't stall out, uh, Kyler could be a really great player as well. Steve Young joining us. Steve, you've already said you're not into some of these bar fight kind of arguments and all that, but there's one. More... Okay, good. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> one there's one around Andy Reid that I know you've heard and you're aware of. You know, ah, oh, he's a really good coach. He can't win the big one. Well, then he wins the big one. Now he's one game away from going back to back. So one of twelve coaches to go to three Super Bowls. He'd be the seventh coach to go back to back next year. He should pass Curly Lambeau and be the fifth winningest coach in NFL history. So how quickly does debate on Andy go from uh, he can't win the big one to this guy's one of the all time all timers? It's already there. That's what happens when you win the big one. It's just it's amazing. And he deserves it. And, uh, and what he's built in Kansas City is very much to me like the Golden State Warriors have uh, and really through their championships and, and probably made hopefully in the future. They've built a culture of selflessness amongst superstars. That's unusual. And that is why they're so difficult to beat. They say, oh, the plays they're calling or the, star, the you know, the Incredible talent. Yes, it's all wonderful. But the thing that makes him really tough to beat is what Andy's built and the culture of the place. And so that's becoming more and more appreciated. Andy's style and the way that he calls plays. He's going to be 
He's one of the more he's the you know people say he's the most innovative guy in the league. Well, there's a couple, three, four guys that are most innovative when you talk about Sean Payton, Sean McVay, and Kyle uh, um, Kyle Shanahan. Those are the guys to me that week to week are trying to do new things, pressing the envelope, um, uh, and and really setting the tone for the future of the NFL. So Andy Reid, at his you know uh, he's been around a long time, but he he's so you know he's fresh, right? Everybody he's doing things that no one else is doing, and he's doing it with players that are doing you know, crazy good things. So the Chiefs, you know, you think about Andy, he's not, it's not over. The 2020s are the decade of the Chiefs and, and until otherwise proven. Like there's other teams that will challenge. But right now they're built to win and go back to back to back to back. I mean, it's hard to do. We get that. But Andy Reid's going to go, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach now. I mean, by the time he's done, you know, they'll be. I think they'll be talking about him as kind of one of the all-time greats, and Curly Lambeau, and you know, Bill Walsh, and even Bill Belichick. I think Andy Reid's headed there. Steve Young, join us here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone, Steve. We know you got to go here at the bottom of the hour, so we don't want to hold you too long. You have the open invitation anytime you want to come back. You know how to get a hold of us. Uh, if you have a minute to discuss BYU scheduling on the way out the door, feel free, or we can save it for the next visit. No, we do it. It's BYU. I, I just got to get. Hang on, saying I got to take kids to school, so we'll just have a little transition to the car. But um, uh, BYU scheduling. I just BYU did a phenomenal thing. I mean, every, it was a phenomenal year for BYU um, because of COVID. It was just so strange and difficult. But because of COVID, we were, we were the focus of the country for a little while. And because of Zach, in many ways, and his um, prolific play, it, it really reestablished for people's minds, the fans, the media, who BYU is, was, and where they're going to be. And so in that way, the expectations grew. That's not, you know, sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad. But... It's always good because as an independent, that's how you, that's a lifeblood. And, you know, ESPN always was a friend. And I know these guys and they talk about, you know, I talk to them about BYU all the time. BYU's a friend. They like them. They're friendly. You know, it's a good, good relationship. But in the end, it's, it's programming. It has to be exciting. It has to be something that the people are asking for. And this season was really important for developing that, that, you know, kind of, uh, demand for BYU football. I mean, the demand wasn't there for a while. I think the demand is back. Now, can we answer the bell? Can we get another quarterback to do you know great things? Can we continue to recruit even though we've struggled there? Um, can we, you know, because we're scheduling is not, I mean, scheduling COVID was a problem, but scheduling is not our problem. We're going to be great play, great teams. It's going to be a really difficult schedule no matter what. Can we stand in now with the expectations that we built this year? And, um, uh, I mean, COVID was crazy. Um, I give Tom a lot of credit. I mean, tons of credit for putting a, a schedule together and having some success. And I just don't, I think that scheduling for my, if you're asking me scheduling, I don't think that's the problem. Scheduling, they're going to, as long as COVID doesn't keep around, stay around, we're going to, we're going to play the best of the best. And we're going to have a schedule that if we, if we have a great quarterback and a, and a great team, we're going to be in the mix for, for everything every year. If we can, beat our schedule. Our schedule's going to be tough. 
Well, we're going to let you go, Steve. We appreciate a few minutes and look forward to talking to you again whenever uh, whenever you want to give us a ring. Yeah, Feel you free. guys are tough, man. I mean, they just like knock them down. I got to. <laughs> I got to. You guys are going to tell me I got to stretch out before I get on the phone. <laughs> nice. Get some flexibility. And, and I, I got to shout out to my boy Ryan uh, Ryan Smith and the Jazz. Let's go. It's nice. It's good stuff. Excellent. Hey, are, are you going right. to be are you going to be at a golf tournament up here again next summer? I know golf tournaments took a hit this past year, but I remember uh, sitting down with you. We're going to try. We actually we had a social distance uh, little tournament. Um, uh, uh, this last we did it in June. It was very small and, and difficult, but we did it up at Promontory, and it worked out just fine. And we'll, I'm sure we'll try to do it again with the proper protocols and so forth, but. Uh, we appreciate any support we get because that's that's our lifeblood, obviously, of, of our foundation. So we'll be there, I'm sure. All right. Well, uh, call the station and get us up there. That's what we do yeah, in the summer is broadcast there. live from golf tournaments. So. Oh, look at you. That's All right. Our, that's our yeah, deal. I, I, I didn't know we were big enough, so now we know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, come good. Come on. That's good. <laughs> if, you look, if you look at my Twitter, uh, the, the, uh, the gif I put up to promote your appearance here this morning is uh, Plumber taking the monkey off your back. So, yeah, I, I think you're big enough. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> Why do you hate that? Oh, well, because it didn't reflect how I felt. And this is, I'm sorry to hold you out, but let me just, let me just explain it. I, I felt that monkey in, uh, you know, that weight, the deadly weight. It felt like it was oppressive in 91. That's one of the years kind of I took over, and I was dying. It was a brutal year, and I, I did not handle it well. And it was, and, uh, but I had an experience, and I, I, I chronicled it in my little book that I wrote, but uh, with Steve Covey on a, on a plane that changed my life as far as that perspective, and it changed it, literally. And so 92 was a, just a different person, and I felt I was free of that weight uh, more so than I'd ever been. And so by 94, it just wasn't, you know, I, I almost, I just, I don't know why I said it. I don't, it wasn't in my mind. It wasn't a thing. I guess I was so elated and excited that we'd won the Super Bowl. I, I did it, and, and, and Gary, I don't know, I just, it did it. It's fine. It probably was perceptionally the right thing to do for everyone who followed, but for me personally, I just like, nah, I don't, I don't feel that anymore. So anyway, keep it up. It's fine. Put it the gif, put the gif on there. It's good. I'll find another one. What's your favorite yeah, gif? Good. I like it. Like, you know, it was true. Look, whether I thought there was or not, there was certainly a perception that there was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I if think... I would have lost that Super Bowl, I, I, I think it would have been, Hey Steve, you know, good luck. You know, how, how does, how does, uh, Vallejo, Sacramento, Auburn, <laughs> Reno, Elko, you know, on your way, on your way, big boy. We'll see you later. Winnemucca, hello. Oh, you did, and the fans loved it. <laughs> yeah, so it was great. So, anyway, you have a little more personal insight to my insanity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, All right. I'll get you. I'll, I'll put one out here for you. Here's you throwing a touchdown pass against the Cowboys. You'll like that one better. That's better. Oh yeah, right before the half, grab that one. That was that was the Tom Brady <laughs> special from last week in the a couple weeks in the Packer game. Right before half, did you? That was the killer. Did you that laugh when Brady said he was going to play past 45, or do you think he's going to do it? You're big on the NFL as a different league now. No, he can do it. The league is that's the league. I mean, Tom said it to me, right. Like, you can't patrol the middle of the field anymore. No one can – those safeties can't launch. There's no – the middle of the field in the NFL in the old days, you, you just – you didn't you, – unless you really knew what you were doing, 
and you had somebody that knew what they were doing, you didn't mess around in there. Now it's just wide open. Is it the flat? I could go the flat. I could go 25 for 25 in the flat. You know? I mean, and, and again, no one can hit me. No, I mean, anytime that somebody hits me, they don't know how to. I can see the light defense line trying to figure out how to hit me. That's fair and I'm not going to get flagged. So there's, it's just, there's no reason unless your arm quits that you would, that you would stop playing. And by the way, not that it, like at this point matters, but you're making $40 million a year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is that. I mean, what's better than that? Working with, uh, working with investment bankers and that kind of stuff. Maybe that's better. You know, obviously we've, we've, we started to rot here. We need to move on. I got to get, get off this show because I can see that the questions at the bottom of your list are the ones that I need to get out of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll let you go, Steve. We appreciate it. Anytime, give us a shout. And, you know, if you're craving a weekly appearance in Salt Lake to talk BYU football, we are your guys. Uh, we got to thank the great Jim Herman for putting me and getting us together, right? So okay. <laughs> Jim. Uh, Jim's hilarious. Uh I had a great story from a meeting about Jim. The mayor of Salt Lake, let's be honest. There it is. All right, thanks, Steve. We appreciate it. Boys. Steve Young, former BYU quarterback, former Niner, Super Bowl winner, NFL MVP. You see him on ESPN. There it is. All right, DJ and PK, we are late to break. There were like 15 more questions for him, but what are you going to do? Thanks to Steve for uh, 25 solid minutes of football talk right there. DJ and PK, if you came in late on that, Yak, tell them where they can get that, where they can get their uh, get the podcast version of that interview. Yeah, wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. There's a million different providers out okay, there. Okay, so if you don't find it, that's a you problem, right? It's out there. And we'll also tweet it out as well. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations for the Utah Jazz, Dennis Lindsay with us. Dennis, we thought you're going to be in a pretty good mood jumping on the show today. Your team's playing great. <laughs> yeah, they've come together and we're pleased with the results thus far. We've got a lot of work to do. We're only at the quarter pole, but uh, we've defended well. Got back to a previous Jazz level and Quinn has designed a really unique offense based upon spacing and shooting and sharing the ball when a guy's really believe in the system that Q's developed. What we promise is we'll just continue to work hard and be humble and honest with ourselves, and hopefully we can make a good account for the season. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Draymond Green, Lob Oubre Jr. catches and flushes, was wide open off the screen. Simons on the far sideline, brings it up top. Swings it back to Mello. Three-pointer. Got it. 22 for Carmelo Anthony, and Doc Rivers takes timeout. LeBron wanders into the lane. How about somebody picking him up? Because LeBron's going to go all the way and score easily. I have zero energy um, and zero excitement about an all-star game this year. Um, you know, I, I don't even understand why we're having an all-star game. Um, but it's the agreement that the Players Association and the league came about. We were told that we were not having an all-star game, so we had an nice little break, um, you know, five days from the 5th through the 10th, you know, an opportunity for me to kind of recalibrate for the second half of the season, my teammates as well. Then they, they throw an all-star game on us like this and, and just breaks that all the way up. So pretty much a kind of a slap in the face, man. You know, I'll, I'll be there if I'm selected, um, but I'll be there physically, but not mentally. 
That's LeBron James after a really big uh, win. For the, I don't know. They're the defending champs. It's regular season. Maybe it's not a big win. But if you view the Nuggets as a contender, the way they dismantled the Nuggets in the second half and just completely dominated when they were down 12 at the half, it was really impressive. And we can talk about contenders. And, you know, the Lakers could have an injury and somebody else could win the title. We've seen that multiple times here in the last five or six years. Uh, but I think all of that gets set aside uh, because then he goes off on the All-Star game. and So the Players Association cut a deal. So I don't know if he's mad at Chris Paul or what or what the agreement was. Sounds like there's a backstory there, PK. Well, as far as the Lakers first, if uh, the Lakers are at their best, they are the best. Simple as that. It's the way it is. So we'll see if they can be at their best 16 times in the postseason, which is what is necessary to win the title, because if they are, they're going to win, and maybe they don't even need to be at their best. That's another variable, too, which will be uh, played out in the summer and look forward to that opportunity to watch that. The All-Star game, you know, I can get where LeBron's coming from because we were told that there wasn't going to be. So in his mind, he's thinking, okay, push, get myself ready to play this amount of games, and then I get a week off off my feet, go to the beach, do whatever it is I'm going to do. And then it got changed. Now, he's of the stature that he can get away with saying pretty much whatever he wants to say because he has that leverage, and he speaks for a lot of people, and a lot of people fall in line. Whatever he says, they take his gospel truth. And so if he feels this way, I don't have a problem with him voicing it. I personally couldn't care less whether there's one or there isn't one. It seems like under this situation, I get what he's saying because they're playing a condensed schedule, a lot of games, and maybe this time they need that time off a little bit more. And now you're asking, and it's going to see in Atlanta. Well, I don't know where the Lakers are going to be at that time. If it's going to be at home, well, then he's got to fly across the country. My guess is he's not punching in 24 hours earlier to make sure he's getting in the A boarding group. But still. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think with COVID, I think these guys will all be on private jets. They're not putting them on a commercial flight. (laughs) The A boarding group. (laughs) LeBron, what are you doing in the B group? (laughs) Was the Uber late? What happened? (laughs) Flying from Oakland to San Diego once uh, got on in the A group, and in the C group was the governor of California, Governor Brown, was literally in the C group. (laughs) He came on at the last group, and people were trying to shake his hand, and he's carrying his bags. He's like, I can't shake your hand, man. I'm carrying bags. (laughs) Saving taxpayer money. All right. Symbolic, but I like it. Yeah, and then the next night, actually, he did give an, a, a speech that they had on the news because I went down for a long weekend, and we threw, th- flew through Oakland. And so I saw him the next night. But I, I really don't have any problem with what LeBron is saying. But I, but I also have no investment in it. It doesn't matter to me. Play the game, don't play the game. I'm more interested in who makes the team than the actual game. That's the thing. Make the team, hand out the bonuses. But it seems to me, and it's probably some angle I don't understand because – you know, it's about. I'm sure it's about the money, but it seems to me they could do better if the league kept playing games and offset the breaks for these teams, so they could keep playing as many national TV games as possible, because that's really where they're making the money. But for whatever reason, we're going to have a a mini All Star weekend. It won't be a real All Star weekend. It'll be a game and a skills contest and in and out in 24 hours, apparently. 
Uh, the college hoops we talked about, BYU blew out Portland, winless Portland, just like they're supposed to. Portland's 0-8 in the league now. Uh, BYU won by 45. The Utes beat Arizona by 15, PK, and uh, back-to-back wins in conference for the first time. And furthermore, a recipe they can use. Plummer's not going to give them 23 off the bench in the second half uh, to win very many more games this year. But the way they beat Arizona, maybe they can do that again. This was their most solid win of the season because this is a formula that you can use. They've got good players, and they need to start playing better consistently. So they took a nice step into it. And now going forward, uh, whatever it is, they don't play because the Devils got COVID, so they're not playing on Sunday. So they've got a whole bunch of time off. I mean, Larry sort of whined that time they had to play four games in a week. Well, I'm, I'm, I guess, and he's not whining now that you got time off. So, I mean, they, that's why I didn't really want to hear that you were whining that you played four games in one week and why you lost them. Big deal. Because now you got on the other end of it. You got all this time off here. So all that stuff, I don't care about that. Just go win ball games. Utah's eight and seven overall, five and six in league. Aggies are fourteen and five and eleven and two after beating Fresno State. They held the Bulldogs to fifty-three points. That kind of defense is going to win a lot of games. They'll play again tomorrow night, eight o'clock on FS1. And Weber State will play at noon on KJS fourteen. They beat Montana State ninety six eighty eight. They got a rematch there Saturday afternoon. The Utes and Cougars will be off this weekend. Jazz are going to play Sunday morning at eleven in Indiana. They got the game tonight. With Charlotte and Gordon Hayward, 5 o'clock for the pregame show, 6 o'clock for the tip here on The Zone. Coming up next, your feedback, getting a lot of reaction. Gordon Hayward, have you let it go? And we'll get to that next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Yuck. This is the Terminator. I just have something to say to you on your birthday. Yuckity yuck. Don't talk back. Happy birthday, Jake. Thank you. Time for your feedback. You've been uh, you've been tweeting at us all morning long, getting a lot of Gordon Hayward tweets. Are you over it? Have you let it go? Jazz playing Hayward and the Hornets tonight. Keep calm and wash your bleeping hands, says Gordon Hayward. Ah, pretending not to know. That means it's stuck, PK. It still bugs him. Uh, I agree with that, yeah. Uh, then Mario, long-time listener, tweets at us quite a bit. Just uh, There's the question, have you let it go? And he tweets back a gif uh, from a game in Boston. Hayward going to the hoop for a dunk, and Mitchell coming in from behind, getting a piece of it and blocking it off the backboard. And Remember it, yeah. Jacob sees it and says, that was the moment I moved on, and then some laughing emojis. Well, if you're going to p- compare the two, I'm pretty sure everybody would take Mitchell over Hayward anyway. Yep. Uh, my first thought was, uh, who? And then I saw your tweet and felt, well, I felt understood. Ha ha! It's got an owl looking sideways with who? And blinking. The blinking owl. Matt says, I'm thankful he left. He gave Donovan Mitchell space to be an all-star very quickly. I think Donovan would have ended up being an all-star anyway. But if he, if he made the transition more quickly... That's not a bad argument. There was a void there to be filled. Well, I think it set him up to develop quicker uh, because he was more of the focus at a younger age probably. So I could see that line of thinking being correct. 
K-Pax, he's with you, PK. I don't care that he felt leaving was best for him. I do care how he did it. He will always be Gordon Coward. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's my issue, is that it was a messy departure, and you knew you were going to leave, and they could have just said, man, you guys were great to me. Thanks a lot, but I'm going to move on, and then what are they going to do? Maybe it saved them from themselves. Maybe they would have spent some money on guys who – didn't pan out the wouldn't have pan out the way they wanted them. I mean, we'll never know. We can come up with all different scenarios. But the fact is, he moved on, and the Jazz, uh, in somewhat of a surprise, but maybe it's not because maybe it's a credit to their management. They're better than they probably would have been. Give Nate the last word. Nate says, "No, period. Stomp his ass, Royce." <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's aggressive. That is aggressive. <laughs> Royce is looking around like, how did I get into yeah, this Yeah, wh- why, why are you dragging me into this? Well, you know, the thing with Royce is he often takes a large share of the time on the other yeah. team's best offensive weapon. But and he's, you know, when he takes the- some heat when he has to guard uh, essentially a one or a five, the six-foot yeah. guy who's real quick, or the guy who's got some real size. Sure. You know, hey, why don't you take the joker for a few possessions? It's kind of a mismatch. But, there's the famous- but when it's a two, three, four guy swinging before those yeah. positions, he usually does well. So Nate might get his wish. We have the famous gif of, of Gordon getting blocked by Donovan. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, we've already had people send that to us this morning. So, All right, we are out of time. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl, the Jazz games uh, tonight. 5 o'clock to pregame, 6 o'clock to game here on The Zone. And then uh, 11 a.m. Sunday morning, Super Bowl Sunday. And then uh, you'll have the Super Bowl at 4.30. We're preempted. Network programming. PK and I'll be back on Talking Sports a week from Sunday. Enjoy your Sunday night off. Uh, Hit that Coke Zero hard, PK. Hit it hard. Okay, we will do, man. Pepperoni pizza for... Oh, no, you don't put pepperoni in your pizza, do you? You can't put toppings on it, Jersey guy. All right, well, pepper, thing. pepperoni for me. All right, we'll see you uh, back here Monday morning on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.